Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I had to put my hat on. This is Mark Serranis. Welcome to today's issue of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. I am a third on Black Belt. I'm the editor-in-chief, and I'm also your host. And we are a member of the Believe Sports Network. Do you believe? Believe is the largest sports and podcast entertainment group in the world. And today's episode is presented to you by Bet Online. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. We are deep into a great time. We are in the end of our football season, winding down, as well as all the other sports. But day like today, the NFC East is on fire. You have the Bills playing the Jets as we speak, and the Miami Dolphins are beating the Patriots as we speak. Both the Patriots and the Bills are fighting for dominance in the AFC East and the AFC in general. You can bet on all this at Bet Online, and now, as of this weekend, Bet Online uh, sportsbook betting, online betting is now perfectly legal here in New York, where I am. Uh, and you can go over to Bet Online and check out how that changes or improves your ability to place bets here in New York. And don't forget to ask for your welcome bonus. Today, we are talking about a topic that has been on really on a lot of media and a lot of minds. Today's the 10th of January. Since it dropped on New Year's Day, January 1st, uh, Cobra Kai has sat atop the throne as the number one program on Netflix. It is being consumed continuously and is on the cover of every magazine uh, all over the place. It really is all over social media. And we want to talk about and take a quick look at that and take a look at the impact on Taekwondo and Taekwondo Dojangs. So in September of 2020, we did a program called Is Cobra Kai Worth Watching? We took a look at the two seasons of YouTube Cobra Kai that were moved to Netflix and the third season, which was produced for Netflix. We talked about that. Uh, we, we, of course, assessed that it was. It was a very um, surprisingly good program. Uh, I personally believe, how can you have a karate kid without Mr. Miyagi? Um, and they handled it extremely well. I think the heart and soul of the program has been William Zopka, whose brainchild. A lot of people wanted to do uh, continuation stories for Karate Kid over the years, and he refused until the right one came along. It was a vehicle for him to be able to really, really uh, be able to show his maturity, his acting prowess, and us to be able to get deeply into a character that was pretty two-dimensional in Karate Kid and disliked and make him a three-dimensional character that was sympathetic. Uh, and then we could look at him as a flawed human being, but really root for. And I, and I think they did a really good job of making him into sort of an anti-hero. We additionally talked about um, another documentary, which I'll mention here, which was very good. Uh, Kevin Derrick's um, More Than Miyagi, which was a Pat Morita uh, documentary, independent of this, but very, very good if you want to check that out. So here we are, uh, 10 days of domination, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, the new season. Uh, everybody's talking about it. What do I think of it? Uh, I think it's good. I don't think it's as good as the prior season, to be quite frank. Uh, 
but I'll talk about why. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it's uh, got some some good. Uh, again, I've talked about the fact that you know when the Karate Kid was made, Pat Morita had no martial arts background. Um, Ralph Macho had no martial arts background. William Zopka actually was one of the few people that had some martial arts background, uh, but they did a lot of uh, camera work around Fumio Demura as or Fumio Demora uh, stunting for Pat Morita. Um, Ralph Macchio, very simplistic, the way they used him from a martial arts standpoint. Of course, uh, the beloved Pat Johnson was in the film and was the referee. Uh, but for the most part, as a martial arts film, it was not necessarily. However, however, as a corollary to that, it was probably one of the greatest times in the U.S. for interest in martial arts and martial arts enrollment. Certainly, the peak for this country is still today. Enter the Dragon and the Death of Bruce Lee. However, the difference there is that that demographic was more adult. By the time the 80s came around and Karate Kid came around, the demographics for interest in martial arts and the avenues with which they could practice were much more friendly to children and to people of all genders. So places like where I study forever, Wide Park Taekwondo Academy, by that point, they had children's programs, teen programs. So when the Karate Kid came out and there was that interest, there was an avenue with which to allow that. I think Cobra Kai, we see very, very similar results. The martial arts is better than it was in, in the prior. They, they had Simon Rhee working on the first three uh, years, the first three seasons. I don't know if he worked on number four. Certainly, the cinematography and the fight choreography for the All Valley Karate Championship, which is the sort of the climax of this season, um, certainly better uh, than the original Karate Kid films, uh, all of those films. For me, my criticism of the show is that because of the evolution of the show, we sort of moved away from William Zopka and his story and his relationship with Miguel. And we sort of have a little bit more of the Daniel LaRusso, uh, Ralph Macchio character, who I think doesn't do as well to carry the program. He is the head of, of course, the Miyagi-Do Dojang. And I think, you know, certainly that's the area where you find that you miss the Pat Morita presence. Um, I also feel that this season, you know, takes a lot from Karate Kid Part 3 uh, to Terry Silva character. And I think that that was the weakest of the first three movies. And therefore, as we integrate that into Cobra Kai, in my opinion, it, it dilutes the story. Um, there are some very clever moments. There are some very heartfelt moments. Um, the show, I think, for when the show came out originally, one and two in particular, the demographic they were looking for, YouTube in particular, were those people who were very young when they saw Karate Kid and were now, let's say, my age, adults. It was a little grittier. It was a little um, less children friendly. It had a little more vulgarity. Gritty, again, is the word. I think as it emerged on Netflix and it became more of a family uh, friendly, place and, and the demographics showed that families were watching it and young people were watching it. Season four tends to be a little bit more diluted in that regard. And that's okay. That part of it's okay. 
but by the same token, as a piece of drama, uh, as a work of art, I think it's less uh, artful than, let's say, one, two, and three. But 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, 10 days at the top of Netflix, I'm certainly in the minority. Additionally, additionally, uh, I think, you know, it is hopefully not at a point where uh, it will, you know, degenerate into um, the ridiculous. So we'll see when season five comes comes around. Now, as it relates to the impact on Taekwondo and on martial arts, I do believe that it does perpetuate interest and a desire for people to participate in the martial arts. I do believe that there will be or has been a greater desire for people to practice the martial arts as a result of watching Cobra Kai. Now, one might argue that, hey, it's not Taekwondo, it's Karate. You might argue that, hey, that's they're doing point fighting. They're not doing, uh, you know, uh, round uh, Kurugi style fighting with Hogus like we do. So therefore, people may not look to Taekwondo. Uh, I think that probably to the contrary, that, you know, most people who see it will be looking for martial arts and martial arts competitive practice, will look to a reputable school in their neighborhood because of the proliferation of Taekwondo in 211 jurisdictions, many Taekwondo schools in all over the country. Um, Taekwondo schools have terrific programs for kids that Taekwondo will probably in and of itself be the number one beneficiary of the popularity of Cobra Kai. Um, I don't know whether or not that's been measured or isn't is measured. I assume that as most dojangs have people come in, hey, how did you hear about us? What are you looking to get from us? You know, as, as part of the intake process, uh, I'd be very curious if you're a dojang owner uh, or somebody who works in a dojang to find out to what degree um, you've, you're seeing people come in, if any, that are interested in or, or talk about uh, Cobra Kai. I have heard. Uh, during the last wave, during season three, several of our students talking about Cobra Kai, um, you know, talking about the characters, talking about um, the, the fight scenes, things of that nature. So I would be very, very curious. Season four is worth watching. Um, I don't see anything detrimental um, as it relates to the practice of martial arts. You know, martial arts cinema, as we've talked about in the past, is different from martial arts practice. Um, certainly fights, whether they be in tournament or whether they be on the street, uh, that occur in martial arts action films are very, very different from fights in martial arts tournaments or in martial arts real life. However, the interest is the interest, right? It's it's a um, something that drives people to want to learn more. And I have enough belief in the strength of, of our Taekwondo programs around the country that even though people may not come in and get the Cobra Kai, Miyagi-Do, uh, Eagle Fang experience, although certainly I would like to think Taekwondo practitioners are much closer to the Miyagi-Do philosophy of, you know, we, we don't fight. We fight as a last resort unless it's in a, in a tournament and trying to make it a, an art, a holistic art of the mind and the body that even if people have different expectations, that 
the programs are strong enough that they will keep those students there. I don't think students will come in excited from the Cobra Kai um, marketing and then we'll say, hey, this isn't this isn't uh, what I expected. This isn't uh, Cobra Kai. This isn't Miyagi-Do and quit. I think those students will, you know, uh, Grandmaster Herb Perez had said to me one time, the reason that you came is not necessarily the reason that you stay. And I think that's true in this case. So if Cobra Kai brings them in, the programs need to be able to keep them to stay. And I have faith in our dojangs that they will do it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Cobra Kai or any other martial arts programs that uh, you've seen, that you're interested in, that you like. Uh, I wanted to, I'm going to read from it. I wanted to take a moment at the end of the program to congratulate uh, USA Taekwondo's uh, head national team coach, Gareth Brown. And we had a big announcement last week, and I wanted to just make sure that I get it right. Those of you know, I am a USAT certified referee, but USAT uh, national team head coach Gareth Brown became the chairperson of the World Taekwondo Coaches Committee, and he was appointed to the World Technical Committee. Uh, Gareth Brown, of course, is gold medalist Anastasia Zolotich's coach. Uh, we've talked in the past, in the at the beginning of the year, that uh, Amelie Morris became, and she's from the U.S., she became the head of the referee committee for WT. So we really are at a terrific time. Uh, U.S. is well represented in the world of Taekwondo. I think it's terrific. I think it's a testament to the hard work, particularly since and post 2016 Olympics in Rio. And I expect to continue to see some great things as we move towards Paris and ultimately, very, very exciting, 2028, Los Angeles. I know from a referee standpoint, a lot of referees are hoping to get their skills up and be able to possibly referee the 2028 uh, games right here in the United States. So I'd love to hear more about that from you. I'd love to hear your feelings on Cobra Kai, uh, any of the seasons, any of the thoughts as how it affects you in your dojang. And please remember that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.